2: Welcome to Never Had It So Good, Sports Talk Radio tonight at 7 p.m., The X-Files, and we're excited to get everyone in here. Um, interesting to get Will Lewis back and get his thought process. So let's welcome in Duck Riley. Welcome to the show, sir.
0: Hey,
3: President. Always good to be back with you.
2: Awesome, awesome, awesome. Steve Thornton, welcome to the show, sir.
3: K pasa, K pasa. Thank you
2: very <laughs> much. All right. <laughs> And and happy Memorial Day to everybody. I like Steve Thornton, um, <laughs> for sure. All right, let's see here. I think this is Carlos Bradley. How are you, sir?
1: I'm doing good. How are you all? I'm doing really
2: good. Really good. All right. Long, tall, light-skinned brother. Larry Tisdale, what? how are you? No.
4: <laughs> What's going on, family? Glad to be here. Yo, Big Brother Doc. Glad yeah. to be here, my man. I'm glad to have you back, my brother. I missed you. I appreciate it. back together. Amen.
2: Amen. (laughs) Ricky Porter, how are you?
5: Hello, Princess. How are you? It's been a while. It's been a moment.
3: I
2: like
3: that voice, Ricky Porter. Say it again, Ricky. Say it again. We're not having it. That was just for you,
2: Princess. Yeah. Come on. Uh oh. (laughs) Will Lewis, how are you, sir?
6: I'm doing good. Good to be back with you all. What's going on, Mr. Porter, with Mr.
2: (laughs) Velvety voice? Right. (laughs) It's
5: about time, Will. It's about time (laughs) you got back
2: here.
5: I I don't know about
6: the rest of y'all. The rest of y'all just seems like yesterday.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back. Let's see. Let me get in 10 more.
0: 10 more. Welcome to the show, sir. Glad to be with you, Princess Duck. Uh, glad to have you back, man. I appreciate, it. appreciate. Absolutely. It. <laughs>
2: all right, well, guys, I'm going to let you all handle it. I still have Memorial Day in my house going on. A lot of people oh, yeah, coming okay. more, so they're talking and and telling stories. Okay. All right, you guys have a good show.
4: All right, uh, shout uh, a bourbon for me. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm having one right now. <laughs>
3: <Uh-oh>. <laughs> All right, guys. We we know that uh, Antonio Brown is back in the news. Keep coming up, so I want I want to start off with you, Carlos, and kind of talk a little bit, get everybody's opinion. Uh, Antonio Brown should the Ravens sign him? No.
1: <laughs> That's it. No, there is no way. He does not deserve. He does not deserve a third, fourth chance, in my opinion. He has disrespected himself, his family, his team, the league. I think it's unnecessary. I think there needs to be a precedent set that you can't act any way you want and we're just going to bring you back. I'd say no. Okay.
3: Uh, Steve, uh, he's been working out with Lamar Jackson. Yeah. <clears throat> You know,
1: in in a nutshell, I would say no, too, simply because he has proven to be a great distraction wherever he's been. But, you know, the flip side of it is they got some really good wide receivers in Baltimore now. When you look at Odell Beckham Jr. and the kid that they got from Boston
3: College, what was his name? Zay, Zay, Flowers. Zay, Flowers, Zay Flowers. Zay Flowers, right? Yep.
1: I don't, I don't really know if you need Antonio Brown and the baggage that he brings along. That That's pretty much – and the other thing is we really don't know. But I'm sure that teams go through a process where, you know, they evaluate people and, and try to give a feel as to whether they are capable of, capable of being productive at that level again after having been out so long. But, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm pressing on now. The answer is No. And it's not because I don't necessarily I, – I think he's canon, but I think they've got a good wide receiver base and just don't need that distraction right now for Lamar because I want him to go out and kick some booty. And I don't, I don't want anything to, be, to stand in the way. Let's so, remember how this all started. Let's remember how this all started, all the, the mess with Antonio Brown. He gave up his locker room. He gave up his coach and the locker room. So that's how it all started. I'm a player sitting next to him. I can't trust him. I don't know what he might do. The coach, (laughs) how can I trust him in my offensive scheme to do what I need? I just don't see how a team can trust him based on his past behavior.
3: Okay. Uh, Ricky, uh, like I said, he's working out with Lamar. They don't know if they. Can. We know uh, Beckham is kind of injury prone, so why wouldn't Antonio be a good fit?
5: You know, it's funny you start off with this question because this is what I, a lot of times had to deal with, um, and my my, my knee jerk reaction, which might end up being my my response, is, is no. Um, and the only reason, because I'm, I'm all for giving second chances. Sometime maybe, you know, a third or fourth, you know, it just depends. But in this situation right here, you, you know, Lamar got his money. He's, you know, I know he's focused right now. He's coming back to You know, gonna, I believe he's going to have a great season. You got the young the young uh, kid they drafted. And then you got Odell, who you know, you know, if he's healthy and everything, he's going to be good. I'm just concerned about you bringing this guy in here, and a lot of times, sometimes, when I used to see the antics that he would display on television, i just shake my head and says somebody need to talk to this kid. Now, when I was at the Saints, I was the director of player development, that probably would have been my response uh, or responsibility. Right now, I would be, somebody would have to, and I know somebody, you can fake it over the phone and all that, or even if you're meeting in person or whatever. I'm just kind of torn here. You want to give the kid, the a, a, a young man, a, a, another opportunity. But I just think what they have in Baltimore, you know, the good feel they have now with the draft choice and then oh, um, um, Jackson, you know, signing the an agreement and all this, I just think they got a good thing there. And I just believe this young man is just his his money is either low or he wants to make this – he wants to get back into the – the limelight again, and do we even know if he can really still play? I know he's been out for a few years. So, I I mean, my gut tells me, no, don't do it, but I would want to sit down with the young man if I was Baltimore and really, really, really think about this move because it could mess up a good thing in Baltimore.
4: Yeah.
1: Okay, Will, is he mentally healthy? too?
3: Yeah. Will, do you
1: take this? That's
4: a good response.
3: Will, do you take this young man because he could possibly get you over the hump, maybe even into the championship or even the Super Bowl?
6: Um, and, again, my my initial response would be that, um, you know, if I'm on the outside looking in at Baltimore, because I'm more of a Steelers fan, I would say Baltimore, yes, go ahead and sign him. I'd like to pretty well. <laughs> That, that, that would be my initial response. But if, if I'm Baltimore, if I'm Baltimore, then um, – and, and I think everybody deserves a second chance. Uh, some guys deserve a third chance. And there's been some cases where people have had a fourth chance. And I think Antonio has surpassed all of those. Um, so at this point, the, the, the number one thing that will destroy a locker room uh, will be the cancer from within. Uh, and I think you, you, you're inviting it. You're setting yourself up for it. And the reason I think that it's there is because there's a pattern of that behavior, um, yeah. uh, and, and I think that's the, the, that's the best indicator that it's going to continue. So, uh, with all the good things they got going on in Baltimore, you know, getting the quarterback signed and adding the uh, additional players that they've added, I think they've got a nice um, positive thing going there, a good vibe. I think you just roll with that and, and leave the distractions at home.
3: Okay, and let me kind of reverse this for Tim. Tim, uh, why even consider signing him? I, I, you know, I keep reading, you know, they're 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 looking at it. Why are they even considering signing
0: Antonio Brown? I I don't understand that a great deal. I mean, I, I think you know the the last time we saw, him, he was one of the best uh, athletic receivers in the league. But um, I think everybody on this call remembers the um, 30, 40-year history of the Pittsburgh Steelers. The only two players I ever remember uh, disrupting or complaining publicly about that Pittsburgh Steelers' culture was Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown. Um, You can't make it in Pittsburgh uh, with an organization like that, which many people think is the best-run organization in the NFL – uh, I don't know why you think he would uh, uh, do anything more than uh, what he did in leaving millions of dollars on, on the table in Oakland and then uh, walking off with his shirt off in Tampa Bay in the middle oh, of the game. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't take a chance. I don't understand okay. why they would take a chance.
3: Okay. And Now, finish this up with Larry. Larry, we, we, you hear somebody say something about mental illness and stuff. Your, your thoughts
4: about that? I am gonna I'm gonna put on my my director uh of uh players also and and I'm gonna take the opposite. Um when we look at the Ravens, the Ravens, everything that they bought in is unproven. Uh I, I like Flowers, I think he's going to be good, uh, but he will be a rookie. Um and and then you've got uh I can't remember we just thought the other wide receiver who's just coming off of OB-GYN. a serious knee injury. Yeah. So we don't know what they have there. He might be the only thing, and I agree with everything that all about his distractions, but what he brings to the table is dynamic. Um, and, and I want to couple this with, you know, I'm hearing rumors of Gruden already being back in the league. He's already, you know, doing things with the NFL. And, at, you know, and I've said this before, we hold ourselves up to a different standard than they do. Um, you don't hear any rumblings about Gruden uh, enduring back into the game. Um, so I think that if Lamar, I think he has the presence out of anybody possibly, or maybe you know, him and a few others, uh, to maybe be able to have him and, and, and have him under some sort of a control. Now, I do believe that he does have some mental health issues. Um, and hopefully they, if they did something like that, it would be under some sort of a contract. It would be if, if he started misbehaving, you know, we might be able to waive you. Um, but I think he is value to that team because everything that they have is unproven. We have seen other players, whether it be drugs, whether it be – there's a myriad of, of offenses that they could have had, and we allow them back in the league. I believe and, – and, God, I was on the other side a while ago. But we hold our athletes to a higher standard than we hold uh, white athletes. And I think we have to be really cognizant of those decisions and the glasses that we wear when we do it. If I'm going to give Gruden a break and we're not going to go crazy over that or, you know, the owner of the Colts drinking and driving and just being, like there's so many offenses um, that I believe, you know what, give this young man all the weapons he has you know, meaning Lamar, and let's see what he could do. Because people would like to see him fail, and we know that to be true. I would like to see him be successful down there uh, with the Ravens, and I think that he could he could quite possibly help. I think he needs to be on a short leash. He probably needs to have a shadow, um, and he does need to be checking in on a weekly basis to see how his mental health is. If you could put those things in place, I think that it could possibly work.
3: He's okay. Okay. Go ahead. Uh,
1: I was with a lot of, you.
5: of caveats. I, I <laughs> want to just say this. And, and you know, I, I agree. I mean, what, what was just said. And, and I understand about giving a second chance. And like I said, by no means, I'm kind of straddling the fence with this whole thing. But I don't think it's one person on this call that didn't think when he got with Tom Brady, that was the best move, the best quarterback he could have ever gotten with because of the control Tom has and structure and the structure of the way they do things, you thought when Tim, um, Tim Brown, um, Antonio Brown got there, he would be one person that could handle him, could control him, and get him where he needs to be. And I thought the same thing, too. That's the only thing that makes me wonder. If, if he couldn't do it under Brady, I wonder, can it, can it be done? But I'm all for, like you said, giving another chance, Helping them out, and we do. We do hold ourselves accountable. Uh, We're a little tough on ourselves, and I understand that. But I'm just kind of, you know, I know I'm not giving a great answer. I'm just straddling the fence on this one. It is. It could be lightning in a bottle, or it could be.
1: Everything we say here, Duck, is we want Lamar to be successful. We agree with Antonio Brown getting the another chance this would be like his fifth sixth chance but let me look right. at how he destroyed himself by from throwing his coach under the bus throwing his team under the bus then we get to tom brady and what did he do there he threw tom brady under the bus so why would we let this cancer in our locker room when we have a chance to do well with what we have? how about thinking about signing deandre hopkins which I can't believe that I can't believe that he didn't get signed already. This is a receiver. I never even heard this before. This is a receiver that two years ago did not drop a ball, did not drop one ball. How how did the Cardinals, I know I'm changing the subject, but how did the Cardinals even let him go? And if they do, how do we not want him to be with, Lamar. Regard, forget yeah. this cancer because it, it's just my opinion, he has burned too many bridges. Last thing I saw, he wanted to be a porn star. Okay? So we oh know my. his mental <laughs> I'm, serious. Sure. I'm, serious. <laughs> <stop>. I'm serious. <laughs> <laughs> it, so his his mental health is definitely an issue. Yeah. All I'm all yeah. for the brother oh, sure. getting mental health getting attention for his mental health. But it does not have to be in my locker room, go get your mental health. Show that you are stable, maybe, and then after now, three years, if somebody wants to give you a chance, but it wouldn't be in my locker room. I would be after DeAndre Hopkins with everything I had.
3: All right, let, let's say with De, let's say with DeAndre Hopkins and and Will, your thoughts on that? What what Carlos just said? Yeah, I think that's a much
6: better alternative. Um, you know, being out here in Arizona, certainly you're you're uh, you were kind of surprised that they uh, released him uh, anyway. Um, and, and you know, you get a new front office, you get a new coach, you've got changes going on. Um, the cap becomes an issue. You start looking at um, you know what you can do with uh, with his cap figure. Um, so you start getting those delusions of grandeur, uh, and and you make a decision like that. But um, my understanding that he's stable, he's a good teammate, he's productive, um, he'll be good in the locker room, you know, he brings all those things to the table like a, like a professional should, um, and you don't get all those off-the-field distractions, uh, you know, and, and, no, and nobody's perfect, you know, I mean, he's, he's uh, you know, done some things as well, he's made mistakes, um, and he's recovered well, he had owned up to him, admitted him, and uh, um, keeps, on, keeps on competing, but to me, he's a, he's a professional, uh, and he's a guy that should, uh, shouldn't be out there very long.
1: I think what came up was that two weeks ago he put out a list of about five quarterbacks that he would be willing to play with. And one was not his current quarterback. And I think (laughs) the issue, I think the issue becomes work ethic. DeAndre Hopkins is known for his work ethic. Mm -hmm. The young man, the quarterback that he plays with has not, come on, let's be real has not been known to have a strong work ethic and does not study. They had put it in his contract until he got embarrassed and took it out. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay? So I think it came down to Hopkins looked at him and said, look, man, you ain't even willing to work with what we're trying to do. Well, then I can't be there with you. I'm ready to go. I think
0: that's what the issue was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and I just I just set records with Deshaun Watson down in Houston on a bad bad, bad football team. We were setting records, and now I got to deal with this guy.
1: Exactly, I, I agree with you, Carlos. <laughs> this guy can't even study. This guy look like he out in the sand lot. He can't even read his second, third reads. He's
3: running around like with his head cut off. Yeah, <laughs> I'm. A, I'm gonna a bring Steve in, Steve. Uh, but the Cardinals just said that. Last week, there was no way they were going to let him go.
1: hmm Yeah. Well, you know, one of the issues here is the, the Cardinals are a very poorly run organization. And this is my opinion. And I've just watched them from afar, you know, because before they drafted Murray, Kyler Murray, number one, they had just had the number one pick, I think, the year before. And they let him go. I mean, there's just no sense of commitment there, and I I don't get it. I don't understand it, and I I don't know what is going on with Kyler Murray other than I
3: think he has –
1: his ego is probably taller than he is. (laughs) But I like the kid. I watched him play in high school right here in Allen, Texas. But the flip side of this is about D-Hop, and and, uh, Tim brought it up. Man, when he was with the Texans, I think he was – during that last year or two with Houston, he was the best wide receiver in the league. And I I think one of those guys, he he didn't drop anything about two or three years ago. And he was always open. And between he and Deshaun Watson, Watson, you know, if he wasn't open, he'd scramble around a little bit and look for him and find him. But DeHop, I think, at that time, was the best wide receiver in the league. And unfortunately, they had a coach who really didn't know what he was doing when he traded away DeHop to Arizona for the running back that they got, and I can't even remember his name. I think he may have lasted like three years. Yeah, David, David Johnson. Johnson traded DeHop for David Johnson.
3: Yeah, what wow. yep.
1: But I again, I like DeHop, and you know, I don't think he'll be on the market too long. I was kind of hoping Dallas would make a play for him, but
4: I don't think he wants to play with the Eagles. <laughs> <laughs> Eagles want him.
1: Man, I, I think if you have uh, if you have
6: uh, uh, Arizona making a move like that with Hop, then I think it says something more about their ownership uh, than anything else, because the people that drafted him are no longer the people that drafted Kyler Murray are no longer there. You know what I mean? Cliff Kingsbury is not there. Uh, the uh, GM is not there, so they really don't have that same tie to him. Uh, as a new head coach and as a new uh, as a new GM, unless they make that commitment, so the only person that really has that link to him would be uh, uh, Mr. Bidwell um, in, in ownership. Um, you know, to to make a move like that and say that if uh, D. Hop's not on board with our diminutive diminutive quarterback, then um, it's best that we make a move and, and part ways. So.
3: Okay. Uh, yeah, I'll Ricky. throw this in there. If, if, if,
1: if Arizona is really bad and they have the number one pick next year, they'll let mm-hmm. him go. Oh, yeah.
3: They'll pick Caleb Williams. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, without a doubt. Ricky, what you think? What's your thoughts on d Um a much,
5: a much better move if you want to try to go get somebody. Uh, I like him. Yeah. I've always liked them. If you're going to go make a move and you say you want to, you know, you have the unproven rookie in Baltimore and then you, you know OBJ can um it can play just as, if he's healthy. And uh, you know, and he brings don't get me wrong, with I don't like to use the word baggage, but you know, he he's a he's a personality and there's nothing wrong with that, you know. But either. With with him, yeah, with him and then the unproven guy and if you bring a D hop in there, I'm telling you that to me, I light up a little bit more with that. Than I do Antonio. The Antonio thing just, like I said, he's gotten chances and he's had people who we consider leaders, or we think and he's going to be fine there. I just, 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 it's just a matter of time. And and I know people can change. But you give me D Hop in Baltimore. If they, I hope they make a bid for him. I think that would be a much better move.
0: And don't okay. don't forget they've got OBJ off angry. Yeah.
3: Yeah, yeah, coming yeah. off an of injury, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, Uh want to change it up a little bit. Uh, coming right back to you, Larry, it's awful quiet about the commanders.
4: What, what, what's going on? Ooh, you know we've been on this, me and my brother. Um, I'm not sure what's happening with this transition, but obviously it's going to go through. Um, I, I don't know if there's paperwork, but I'm sure that I, I am certain by – the season that it will be completed. I don't know what the hang-up is, uh, what he's trying to do. Is there a time period? I don't. Uh, yeah, I, I'm not sure how the transaction is being monitored. So I, I'm not sure what's really going on. All I know is that it will be a, a done deal, um, that he Jack, can't can, be with that. I can speak on that a little bit. Okay, go ahead. All right. I
1: uh, The latest I got was that the Snyder family made an agreement with Josh Harris the sale price is 6.05 billion which is the most ever uh, passing the 4.65 by the Walton Pender group that bought the Denver Broncos so that was the latest that I that I had that it it is a done deal it's it's decided the amount has been signed and they're just waiting for a review by NFL people okay. and that was it. Thats, and, the and, last and I guy.
4: believe, and I believe magic is already out there, kind of stomping the grounds. I guess is magic part of this magic Johnson um is, is part he was supposed is, yeah. to be part of that group, yes. yes, correct, yes, so yeah, I thought I saw him out there stomping a- already for them, kind of laying the foundation of you know what's to come so um i I think again, I think this is a done deal. He knew he was going to hang on. This was not something that he wanted to go ahead and, uh, you know, have this transaction be completed. So, yeah, I think it will be done. Um, what's going to be interesting is, and I know we talked about this before, and even Princess has mentioned this, and uh, very similar to when we watch, uh, I think some of us have watched the uh, HBO series Ballers. What will it be like when you have an owner, it, it, although he's not a minority, Uh, but, you know, you might have a minority representation with owners' meeting. what will it be like once once this transaction is completed? You know, what will conversations be like uh, when you're in owners' meeting? What will, you know, what will rules, you know, when we talk about NFL, NFL Players Association and how we treat these players of color, you know, what will the differences be now that you have somebody of color who could be in these meetings? So. That's what I'm really
1: interested in This seems like this is the change over time because, as we know, we're talking about Magic, possibly Meek Mills or a Jay-Z right. being yeah. involved in this organization. Also, with the Denver Broncos, you have Melody Hobson, George mm-hmm. Lucas' wife, who is black, who yeah. will be playing a part in this. She's uh, – the chairman from, at Starbucks and Ariel uh, Investment Group out of Chicago. So she's well-honed in in all the uh, business matters that need to be discussed. So she yeah. she's going to play a part in the Denver organization. So we have the minority black men, black women, going to be in these meetings now. I agree. It's going to be very interesting to see the direction things go. Yeah
4: yeah
3: okay I wanna bring will and uh and Ricky in because I wanna know the feeling you get when you know that ownership is getting ready to change over, and you're working for that organization that's getting ready to change ownership, wow, <laughs> yeah wow,
6: yeah I mean, it's funny that you you asked that question cause, um I, I spoke with a guy. Just a couple of days ago that I used to work with for about 10 years in the, uh, in Seattle, who was, um, uh, working with the, within the commander's organization right now, um, trying, trying to enjoy his vacation and, and downtime, knowing that the transition is, is, is highly likely, um, you know, to, to put it in his words, I mean, right now, all you can do is, is, is kind of play the, the waiting game, um, and see how, when the new ownership comes in, what is going to be there, um, their philosophy? Uh, you know what I mean? Does does the present structure, you know what I mean? Is, is that something that they want to deal with? Or do they feel like I'd like to hire my own uh, team president, my own business operations, uh, my own head coach, uh, and then kind of work all the way down from there? So um, all those guys will be in a state of limbo, you know, as and we've been in that situation before. You'll be in a state of limbo until they start making uh, changes at the top. Uh, and, and it's funny because you ask, with uh, the, new, the new ownership group, if you have a personality and financial backing like uh, Magic Johnson and, 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 and his group, um, what is going to be their role in hiring uh, a team president and what is going, what's going to be their role in hiring uh, the business operations department, uh, and then all those kind of affect the rest of the structure uh, of the organization, the whole, the, whole, the whole chart changes or can change. Um, so uh, at this point, it's the off season. A lot of those things could happen pretty quickly. Uh, you know, what if the uh, the head coach is out? Do they go in another direction with another head coach? Um, so it's uh, the off season. A lot of those things could can change, start transitioning pretty quickly. Um, you know, this time of year, it's you know, and then and do they wait and see how everything goes this first year? Which means you're you're in a state of limbo for a whole another year uh, or a whole another season, uh, waiting to see. But inevitably, whenever there's uh, ownership change, there's going to be uh, a structure change. So uh, for everybody on there, I think they're just kind of holding on their tail for a little bit, trying to see, uh, see who's going to be making the, the moves from top to bottom.
3: Yeah, Rick, and that's and that's where I want you to come in, because I'm thinking the the later they get end the up purchasing the team, I don't think they're able – I don't think they would – you know, and will and you and will can correct me that they would get rid of people during the season that I think they would kind of do the evaluation can you speak on that part Rick
5: you know doug it's it's funny when will started talking i you know for us, it brings back memories because you you do you sit there and you think you're on your this is the time of year you're on vacation and you're trying to enjoy your vacation with your family, not knowing what your future holds. And so many, it's so many um, things that go on that you're thinking about. You don't, like you said, you don't know. Is it going to be come in and, and clean house? Is it going to be uh, uh, come in and this might be one time you wish you might be the low man on the totem pole because a lot of times you might get through or whatever. Or is he going to come up and is he going to interview everybody? Are they going to interview people and give the people there still a chance, or they just going to come in and clean house? So it's a lot mentally that goes on um, that time of year when that happens. Now, if the later it gets, probably the better it gets for the people standing. And the, the story they're probably going to tell is, hey, we're gonna, what we're going to do, you know, there may be some minor changes, but we're going to go through this year. To, we're going to be evaluating and looking over things. That really is saying that we just don't, uh, this time of year, it's hard to go steal somebody from another team or bring somebody in. Uh, the ownership understands that they're going to work through this year, and really next year is going to be the big change so it it it's really a lot that 's going on um, It gives you an opportunity to try to write the tri- right excuse write the ship and do things you know a different way it' 's a chance to get to know the people um, if you're an employee it 's a chance to probably better your stock in the company if possible. But you, in a situation like this, you never know what they're thinking. Like I said, are we coming in and we clean the house, or are we just gonna, you know, clean from the top, or, you know, who are they listening to? So it's a, it's a tough time right there. Um, and the longer it goes on, the worse it is. Well, I would say this: the longer it goes on, the maybe the better for the people that's still there, because it's gonna be too late to try to get other people in, unless they already. Are making calls right now and setting things up. That's the only way that they, I think, they'll be able to make a a wholesale
3: change this late in the in the game. Okay, I want to bring Tim in, Tim? You hear what Carlos and you know hear what Larry was saying. Do you really think that it's going to be a minority at that owners' table?
0: Well, I was I was thinking when I was when when we were talking about that whether Magic was going to be now included in the email chain. Uh, but um, I, I don't know. I, it's, it's hard to figure because uh, he will be a minority owner. Um, he, he is a high-visibility person, so they may put him uh, in mm-hmm. those meetings. Um, and, and I think, too, you've got the sensitivity there with Washington that Jason Wright, uh, Northwestern grad, former Atlanta Falcons uh, running back, is the, uh, I think, the only um, – president team president in the nfl at this point african-american um so i think they they probably will pull uh magic into those meetings keep him visible for the time being uh because of the delicacy of uh whatever move they decide to make with jason wright um not that jason wright i believe was really uh given the kind of authority that you would think a team president would be given um uh so it, it'll be interesting. it'll be interesting, but I think they will happen in, the, in some of the early meetings. Okay. Well, what,
3: this brings, me, what that, a, this, this brings me to this question for Steve Thornton? Then, okay, you have you hear uh, Tim said they're bringing you know Mike put magic in there. So do yeah. you have thirty one white well thirty white owners, and uh, so do we have more emails coming out now because they don't want to. Magic, they know exactly how they feel. Well, mm-hmm. now, isn't Matt, or won't Magic
1: be a minority owner? Yep. And, and and you know, other gentlemen on the call may may know more about that than myself, but I, I'm not sure how integral he will be in decision making. He is a great, I think, uh, person to have as a part of the organization, simply because of the way he is respected in the in the world of sports. In general, uh, kinda when I think of him in, in positions like that, it's quiet as he kept. You know, I think Shaq is one of those people, too, who, you know, from a business perspective, seem to to take care of business. So I think he'll be involved, you know, on a lot of fronts. But I wonder how much authority, and I think that's what we're really talking about, how much authority slash power people that's have. Right. I do think that within, internally, you must include him in corporate communication, whatever the commanders are doing, you know, I, I think Magic should and would be a part of all of that. But ultimately, the majority owner, I think, has most of the decision-making uh, authority or power. And and But, if you know, God forbid, putting me in that position, I would definitely tug on Magic's uh, coattail uh, quite a bit to, for input, for for, you know, uh, perspective that, that obviously the gentleman the the uh, the majority owner does not have, simply because he isn't a man of color. Uh, but, you know, use him, you know, to help promote this organization. Uh, but, you, you know, I'm kind of like Princess on this one. I'm a cowboy fan. I hope the commanders fall flat on their face. <laughs> I love magic. I know. I know. Exactly. You think good for the Gentlemen, let's not forget though. Let's not forget we're we're talking about magic as the minority minority owner or you know partner in with the commanders. But let's not forget about in Denver. Let's not forget about Melanie Hobson. I think she yeah, would carry more weight. You know, here she is. She's the the chairman of Starbucks. She's the co CEO of Ariel investment group in chicago she's uh ivy league educated she is no lightweight gentlemen she is no light not to be little uh magic at all but in the business world she is very well respected and she's right. going to be stepping in these meetings also at minority owner or whatever but as a black female now how are you going to get around those emails yeah. what's going to be sent out yeah there i think this is part of the changing over, as we talked before, about how the uh, older generation is selling because the kids in the organization don't want to run the organizations; They want to get their money and go do other things. But I think this is part of the changing over. And I think immediately, no, it won't be, you know, it won't have a lot of influence. But I think over time, somebody like Melanie Hobson, and a Magic Johnson, or uh, even even maybe even more a Jay Z, would be have something to say about what was going on. Uh, hey, I think you're
3: right. I, Go ahead. I Go ahead Rick. Yeah. This, Go this
1: ahead. is the thing I
5: said. I think this is a twofold thing. I think we we all are forgetting also. Okay, you're talking about a minority owner within that particular organization, the 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 Redskins, or the um. Denver Broncos, I think they're going to have a problem somewhat within their organization. If they're not the majority owner, they're going to have to worry about emails or whatever within their organization, and then we step out further. Like you said, I don't know how many teams we've got now, 30 owners or whatever, they can still do what they want to do on the side and still keep, if you had two majority owners from two other teams – keep them on the side, it's, it, we're going to be fighting this game for a long time because we still are, are we at a situation where we're controlling one team. We don't even have total mm-hmm. control over one team, let alone trying to have an input of 32 teams. I don't know if that makes well, sense. but Yeah, I, and, I, I and, do.
3: And, 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 that, and that's the question I was throwing, throwing out there because I, I don't see it either, but I'm, I'm hoping... I'm praying that uh, Carlos could be right. But for for time's sake, we want to keep it moving because Larry had brought us something very interesting when we were talking about Antonio Brown. And I want to uh, stay with you, Rick, because I want to know Gruden is working with the Saints because of Derek Carr as a consultant. Your
4: thoughts? Wow.
5: And you know you don't want to ask me that, Doug. Uh, oh, uh, my goodness. I, uh, you oh, you yeah. know, I almost want to just pass on this because it, it's a joke. Uh, to in the excuse they're using because it's Derek card. So, you know, we're going to bring him in as a consultant. And it's like their dirt, let's sweep it all under the rug, but our dirt you go. stays on top. There you go. And it's like week this third under the road, we're going to use him as a consultant. And what makes you think he is the end-all be-all to get Derek Carr to play well? I mean, the kid is talented. Bring him in, teach him your system, and do your thing. This is a way to work Gruden back in. And, 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 and as he goes in, and if, if they start having success down there, it might not do, but you have nothing to do with him. They him and say. Next thing you gonna do, you watch what I tell you. Gruden's name is gonna come up as another Absolutely. head coach. You watch what I tell you. Oh
1: yeah. yeah. Duck, can well, I jump in right here? They, I, I, I was it, waiting on you. It's such a joke. It's <laughs> such a joke, Doc. It's such a joke as as he just stated. It's such a joke because I'm, I'm gonna mention to you guys a while ago, but in a conversation, I'm one removed from this conversation, a business partner of mine, was in the meeting with Gruden, uh, the coach for Tampa Bay. This was when the Raiders of Tampa Bay were trying to get Brady. And they asked Gruden, who was the, the coach of the Raiders at the time, they asked Gruden about getting Brady. The whole deal was he wanted Brady longer than Brady wanted to be. He wanted five years. Brady wanted three. Excuse me, but there was a question about Derek Carr. And unequivocally, Gruden says, I can't stand Derek Carr. He said he has no heart. This was said in a meeting. Now Gruden wants to be back in the NFL so bad yeah. that he's willing any way to get back in if it means Let me go consult somebody who I can't even stand. (laughs) It'll get me back in the league. So, uh, exactly. This is just a ploy to get him back in the league. And last thing, I think Larry said it earlier, we hold ourselves at a higher standard. I, I don't really agree with that. They hold us at a higher standard. They say we have to be supermen. They allow theirs to make faults. We have to be faultless. Okay, that's by their standards. We can't make the mistakes that they allow their people to make those mistakes. Mm-hmm.
4: But that's,
1: that's the issue. Carlos, that's really so the issue. In.
4: Carlos, I think you're 100% correct. I, and, and we have to be really, you know, we've been, all of us on this, on this line right now, have kind of been raised a certain way. We're of a certain generation. We're that last generation. Um, We believe in integrity. You work hard. You treat others well. Um, And so when we're having these conversations, we're appalled. (laughs) Like it's impossible, you know, to have a conversation about maybe bringing him back. Um, But what we really need to separate and realize is this is a business that is of snakes and rats. And and it's about taking care of a few. By the way, they really not, if they don't win the Super Bowl, you know, but their revenue is is up, they're okay. They're going to be back another year to play a game. It's a game for them. For us, it's a lifestyle. For them, it's a game. And we're trying to, we're trying to communicate with the way we were brought up and the way we were raised with the way that they're interacting with their, their NFL team, and they do not coincide. And so we're sitting here and they're sitting, by the way, the things that we're talking about don't affect them. They're not affected by them. They have no shame. They don't care about it. If I got busted drinking, if I got busted with a girl, crap, it doesn't matter. They're Teflon. It falls off. So when I say we hold ourselves to a, a different, you know, a, a level, And I understand your point of view. I understand it. They set the precedence of the level. We typically do all the legwork for them, though, and say, you know what, you're right. Because of the way we were raised, (laughs) you've had five chances, God dang it, you're out. Because in our world, if we were running a team, that's how it would be. But that's not how it's run. They run it differently. So we're kind of caught in these universes of dealing with the way they run, a, run an NFL team, their behavior, their missteps, and our missteps. And we're trying to, to, to mesh these two together, and they, don't do that, and they don't do it very well. And so then in our conversations, you could hear, there are times you're just throwing our hands in the air. Like we didn't, how do we address it? Like how do we even address some of these questions that you bring up? So I understand what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's mind-blowing. Okay, let me let me bring Will in because Will,
3: you think they bring in Gruden? I I didn't think he would come back because of the lawsuit. Your, your thoughts on that?
6: Yeah, and I think a little bit of the uh, the Derek Carr scenario. There's a little bit of smoke and mirrors there, um, partly because the head coach for the Saints is Dennis Allen. Um, uh-huh. And this is how that whole thing works all the time is, you know, mm-hmm. if your boy's with this guy and wow. your boy's with that guy, you're his drinking buddy or whatever the case may be. Um, there's a little bit of the uh, good old boy thing working here. So Dennis Allen used to be Gruden's defensive coordinator uh, out with the Raiders <laughs> early on. So Dennis now obviously is the head coach of the Saints. So the whole um, car thing is more a little bit of smoke and mirrors because they can hide it under. We're bringing Gruden in to, but really, what we got here is the good old boys taking care of the good old boy, uh, and uh, Allen's kind of taking care of Gruden and getting back in it. Because, uh, you know, a little while back when this whole thing went down, and we all talked about, is there any way that Gruden gets back into coaching? Is there any under any scenario yeah. does that happen? And I think a few of us were in denial. I was like, there's no way he overcomes this, right? <laughs> but the way he overcomes it is just as plain and simple as this. You know what I mean? Good old boys, take care of the good old boys, and that's why he's back in the mix. Well,
1: that's it. we got to remember that of the 650,000 emails, they, they being the NFL, whatever they deny, they let out the six emails about Gruden. So they just said, look, we're going to dirty you up. Now we're going to clean you off and bring you right back in. So that's, they're, definitely, they're definitely taking care of that because they said, look, we're going to bring you back when we want to. They just used him for a minute, and then here he comes back. So that was that. The, all they're doing, all they're manufacturing yeah. this
4: whole thing. And that's not over, by the way. The emails are not yeah. over. Okay. Yeah.
5: Hey, Doug, yeah. this, this situation with, you know, I work with um, Dennis Allen. He's a good guy. He's not a very strong guy and I don't mean that in a negative way, but when it comes to a situation and somebody like Gruden who comes across the way he does, he thinks he's helping Gruden out because, you know, they they coach together, whatever, like that. But I'm I'm telling you, it's going to be a change in the guards. If they get Gruden in the door, they have any success, Allen's going to be out Gruden's going to be there. Or either Gruden's going to stay in his position, but he's going to be running the team. I, I just don't like this move, but like you said, Will said it best. This is truly smoke and mirrors here.
1: What about the offensive coordinator from New Orleans? How is he feeling? (laughs) Well, I'm going to tell you,
5: from from working with him, he is great where he is. I don't see, because everybody says for years, why hasn't – I can't think of his name. I worked with him also uh, off the top of my head. Why hasn't he gotten a head coaching job? He is content to be right where he is. I don't think he believes he has what it takes to be a head coach. So I think that's why he's going to sit there in the wing. But then what you going to do when you got Gruden there and he's there, what, are you going to uh, – Carmichael, that's his name. Carmichael, mm-hmm. uh, you know, are they going to get rid of him or what? I, I don't know. Maybe Carmichael jumps ship and goes to Denver. With, mm-hmm. um,
1: well, you know, I'm just thinking right with, off the uh, bat, I'm talking name? to Gruden. And the I'm like, I'm you're the offensive Peyton. coordinator. What is, what, is, what is this about? You're going to bring him in to install an offense, and I'm the offensive coordinator?
5: It's going to be confusing you watch what I tell you.
1: I'll tell you all about it because I'm down here in Louisiana. I'm in New Orleans. I'm going to tell you all about it.
5: It's going to happen. It's going to get ugly over there. I'm telling you. Because if if Carmichael sits back and and grows with his his strong will and his personality, uh, he's going to take over that thing. And he may even take over from Dennis Allen. It's going to be... I don't think it's going to be good. It's not going to be good. But is uh, that kind
4: of already laid out by ownership? Say that again? Do you think that's kind of already kind of being laid out by the ownership? Because that has to be okay by ownership. Am I well, right? Well,
5: I'm going to tell you something. Uh, Mickey Loomis, who I work for, I, you know, he is kind of running things there. you got to remember Mr. Benson's wife really – knows nothing about football. She depends on Mickey to run everything. And Mickey and Sean were running that team. And she depends on Mickey and probably what Mickey says goes. So uh, I can see how all that gets together and they work that out. Uh, I don't know the relationship between Dennis Allen and, and, and Miss Benson, you know, but it's something going on behind closed
3: doors there. Yep. Okay. Tim, Tim, what's your feel
0: on this, Tim, with uh, Gruden? Well, I, I, I pretty much concur with what everybody else is saying. They're they're working him back in, and uh, and I think uh, Ricky just pointed out exactly how this is going to play out. Um, <laughs> Dennis, Dennis Allen's going to be out, and Gruden's going to be the head coach.
3: Okay, Tim, let me stay with you guys because uh, we got about eight eight more minutes. I want to talk about. They're having uh, a lot of the older black coaches and some of the new coaches go to an academy to get acquainted with uh, the owners and the GMs. Uh, what do you What do you think of that?
0: Uh, it's another It's another way of them uh stalling the, the process of, uh-huh. of, of making serious moves to what have coaches. There it is. The Rooney rule the go. Rooney rule was in theory supposed to uh accomplish that. If they if they had lived up to the spirit of what Mr. Rooney had intended, uh they would know the owners because they would have been interviewed by this by these guys, you know, throughout the years. This is just another delay tactic, I think.
1: Okay, Carlo, Yes. Pete Carroll said uh, months ago in a meeting, hey, guys, get to know these guys. That's what you need to do. And it's already been stated. The Rooney rule is a joke. I mean, no doubt. You know, if you, you, you take a coach, and I actually know the coach that Dallas interviewed for like 20 minutes to to, to say that they interviewed a black coach, that was it okay, for 20 minutes. It was never taken seriously. It was just put in place, wasn't respected then, and the fact that there's no process where you take the owners and then you bring them in front of these black coaches and say get to know them. It's kind of like you're forcing their hand when they don't want to be forced. And so if they don't want to do it, look, I mean, just like Pete Carroll said, just get to know these people as people, as men. Nothing against you. This is somebody that's there to help your organization. Seventy, 75% of your players are black. Can you relate a little bit? Can you have somebody to relate with them?
4: But, okay. Hey, hey uh, duck, I, and I'm, I'm going to jump in. I apologize. I'm a little more cynical than the rest. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, not, it's, it's not even a daggone joke could you imagine you tell me if I own everything, what I have to do, and you think that I'm going to listen? Yep. I, this means absolutely nothing. It is beyond a joke. Um, yep. As a matter of fact, because you put it in place, I may hold you accountable for it the next time you bring somebody up in front of me because we've seen this type of behavior in other, you know, whether it be corporate, whether it be with the law, whether it be in, in, in colleges hiring, You know, when you start forcing hands and saying, listen, what you're doing is wrong, um, these people of power who have never had anybody to challenge them, uh, sometimes they take it out on us. And and we've seen that. Well, we've seen it with Colin Kaepernick when you call him out, and we've seen it with some others. We've seen it with Flood. We've seen this happen before. We have to be very careful for the retaliation. Exactly. Uh yeah, I
3: want to I want to bring Steve in because Steve, you know, you got forty coaches that's going to take part in this, and you got guys going on social media. or oh, I'm going to, you know, meet with the owners, da, 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 et cetera, et cetera. And I'm kind of feeling like Carlos and Larry and and Tim, is this any good? What what good? Well, do you, you know, get out I'll, of
1: I'll, I'll I'll give another perspective. I'm okay. going to say yes. Because okay. Even though it is a farce and it is uh, it's very superficial, perhaps an owner or a person who is a decision maker can be enlightened in some way. Because my first thought when the question was posed, my first thought was, if I own a team, I ought to know everybody who works for me, <laughs> all the coaches, everybody in the front office, all the secretaries, all the guys in the mail room. If I'm intricately involved, though, in right. owning my team, I'm going to know these people. And it might not be because I want to know who is doing the best job, who's the best coach. I also want to know who, who is not doing what they ought to be doing. I'd like to know that. So just, just looking at it differently, I don't know what it do, but again, like you say, if I own a team, I want to know everybody who walks in the door at my building, uh, and I'm not saying you your mother
3: go to lunch every every week or whatever. Yeah. But
1: you know, I'm going to be I'm going to be on the floor talking to people, but that's yeah. just me. And, and, I, that's and your I mother think raised you somebody right. Somebody will that's probably why. say, "Hey, look, man, you're living in a dream world." Yeah, that's your mother <laughs> but, raised you right.
4: I keep telling you, we're in two different worlds.
3: We yeah, talked about
5: we know. talked about we talked about smoke and mirrors. I'm telling y'all right now, this to the layperson out there or the fans and they they're gonna publicize this, it, it looks great. Look at what the NFL is doing. But basically right. they're doing this just to, to get those people talking about the people like us coaches who have been there done that we know that this is a joke. That you basically call yourself well, we're trying to get to know them. Now it might be one or two people that really you know, like you said, out in Seattle, somewhere. But for the most, this is to shut people up and then make it look like we're making an attempt. I, I, you know, I I didn't like, I mean, I love, you know, the the Rooney Rule and what it was supposed to be. But very basically, it's a joke. It's basically saying we're going to let y'all go with these teams and, we, you know, we're going to interview y'all. And like you said, an interview lasts 20 minutes. And... We, how many we got to do? We got to do two or three. Okay, we do two or three now, and then the guy that you really want to hire is sitting right there, and you bring him in. So yeah. it's a joke. And, and,
1: okay,
3: and let me bring Will, Will. Let me bring Will in because Will, you know, we we see this happening, but all of a sudden for the last year, this past year, I haven't heard anything from Fritz Pollard,
0: mm-hmm.
3: and that's supposed to be. We're supposed wow. to be shaping that where they supposed to be a part of this. But I haven't had any input. Can you kinda of wow, elaborate
6: right. on that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean and I think Fritz Pollard, um and, and, you know, some of the guys who were former uh, personnel guys and GMs that are working with Fritz Pollard, um, I think they've been relatively relatively quiet. Um I think even uh, Troy, uh Vincent, uh, you know, who who's Help set some policy. I think Troy's been a little bit uh, quiet, and sometimes I think they're quiet because uh, they can push it so far, and then I think it ends up taking two steps backwards. In other words, I think sometimes they may not be told to be quiet, but sometimes uh, you can only push it so far, and then you don't get enough yeah. feedback, and then you just kind of kind of grinding your wheels a little bit. So I, I think that the, there is uh, effort out there to, to bring a lot of things to the forefront. But I think the people that are making those decisions will, are only willing to listen to you, to so, to, you know, so far for so much, and then I think you kind of get put on hold a little bit. Um, the one thing that I took a little bit of exception to is, you know, when uh, some of those guys say um, you need to get to know these fellas, and, and it depends on how you're saying it. If you're talking to ownership and you're saying ownership, you need to get to know some of these young coaches out there, um, then obviously – you're, you're begging them to, to go to work. If you're saying to the young coaches out there, hey, you guys need to figure out a way to get to know ownership, um, you know, then, yeah, then you're, uh, then you're uh, certainly spinning your wheels. You know what I mean? That's a little yeah, bit yeah. Cra- crazy. So I'm just saying for ownership, if they really want to know who the young upcoming coaches are, uh, and you know what I mean, and, and really give them an opportunity, there's a system already set in place where it's on the owner to kind of do that. Uh, the system is known as the NCAA because there's a bunch of young college coaches coming there, uh, starting with GAs. Um, The other system is uh, the XFL, USFL, CFL, all those young coaches that are looking for opportunities. They coach there, and then they look to advance the NFL. Ultimately, everybody wants to be in the NFL. If you're looking at your own team, and and I think someone mentioned it earlier, uh, you, you you should know who's in your organization. So you have, as an owner, you have quality control coaches. Those are normally the young coaches doing all the grunt work. You have analysts who are doing the grunt work over there. You have position assistants to the position coaches who are, in, in a lot of cases, are minority coaches who are looking for the step up. So the opportunity for ownership to go find guys is there. It's now up to ownership to actually take the initiative.
4: So what you're saying is okay. they know where to find
6: us. They know where to yeah, find well, us, exactly. It's not okay. hidden under a rock.
4: It's, in, nah, it's
6: nah. hidden in plain view. Yeah.
5: Like Dion oh, well, says, I
3: ain't hard to find.
5: Exactly. I ain't hard
3: to find. You
5: like yeah. Will, Will that ready. was well said. Well said. Yeah,
3: yeah. we're getting ready to close this out on uh, behalf of Never It So Good Radio. I'd like to thank Steve, Ricky, Will, Carlos, Larry, Tim, and, of course, our, our gorgeous host, uh, Princess yes, Cooper. Yes. Don't say nothing, Rick. But anyway. All yeah. right. <laughs> we're <Ricky> Good night. Hey, good good talking, y'all fellas. It was, good uh, night, fellas. <laughs> great talking. Great western. Rest All
1: of, rest of right. the weekend. Yeah. Yep. yep. <laughs> All you right. Get fellas. back
4: to drinking. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>